0: awesome date sometime in the future awesome topic oticon 2011 this is the awesome cast Folks, and welcome back to The Awesome Cast, your podcast for everything awesome. I'm Basil. I'm Kevin. And joining with us tonight...
1: Alan Mendez from The Reverse Thieves and The Speakeasy Podcast on Anime 3000. And Sabre Fan number one.
0: (laughs) It's true. We are here at 2.16am Saturday night to cover Saturday on Oticon. If you'd like to hear our thoughts on Friday, you can actually check out The Reverse Thieves... Because they posted all about Friday night. And we talked on it too.
1: And uh, we had a few other guests, so it's just a big old jamboree of fun.
0: This is a much leaner, meaner, but no less jamboreer podcast where we're going to cover the events of Saturday because it was incredibly busy.
2: It was.
0: I know my start of the day was I got up, got ready, and decided to hit up the Unusual Mangas Genre panel. Uh, done by Aaron and Noah of the Dinja Consultants. And then I discovered, about halfway through waiting in line, I was at the wrong panel room. Oops. <laughs> then realized I only had 30 minutes to get in line for, what was it? Oh, yes, uh, Makoto Shinkai's yes. latest film.
2: Because I got up a little bit... I got up a little bit later than you, got together a little bit later, and I found you in line for that. Or, well, milling up with the press people trying to figure out if we had a press seating or not.
0: <laughs> it, it's true. So, what did you start off with?
1: Uh, I foolishly let other people go into the bathroom first. So,
0: Ooh, that's always...
1: And, you know, we're doing the contradiction of trying to, you know, fit, like, 12 people in, one, in two rooms. So, that means that... Well, everybody left on time. I left about 10 minutes late, and then I just decided to tweet in the lobby. So I missed about the first half of the gals panel, but uh, there was these group of girls who were essentially American gals telling uh, people in the audience about the Japanese gal culture and kind of how American fans have incorporated that and in kind of living the gal lifestyle in America. So for those who don't know,
0: please explain to them what gal culture is.
1: Gals are this kind of very trendy, straight fashion in Japan. And uh, usually when people hear about it, they usually liken it the best to valley girl culture because it's usually a very materialistic and party-based, yeah. and they kind of have a shallow image in the Japanese media. Uh, if anybody, if the, the easiest way is if uh, anybody saw the old CMX manga, Gals, or the ADV adaptation of the manga, Super Gals.
0: Yes, actually ADV got the first season, and uh, Right Stuff actually got the second yes. season. I am not saying that I own
2: both seasons.
1: I am saying that I but own But I
2: may own both seasons. I've, I've heard that series is actually pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty all, it's it's all pretty and fun. And it's possibly the kindest representation of the, the gal culture. <laughs> it, it's kinda
0: like gals but sort of sketch dance or whatever that thing is called, it was good. <laughs> like is it's pretty much gals like solving crimes and helping the helping the neighborhood and while still being fashionable and teenage girls
1: and of course the main character comes from a line of cops. Yeah. But she she wants to live her life as a gal and not be a cop. But she then constantly helps people being bullied or you know people being shaken down by mobsters and the such. So she basically lives the life of a cop. Just she Very keeps
2: glamorous cop with no actual officials. <laughs>
0: I think you just you could have stuck with like suspense. Yeah. You know, along with a uh, monster and uh, Maybe also Death Note.
1: I think it would go in unusual.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, my first actual event, and as well as Kevin's, was yeah. we actually went to saw uh, the premiere of Makoto Shinkai's uh, Children Who Chase Lost Voices from Deep Below. Admittedly, the anime is about as long as the title.
2: It was decently long. Like, this was a long movie. Um, it was, I think it was... I'm pretty safe to say it
0: was two hours. Um, we're actually going to do an actual review of this movie with, 118
2: uh... minutes, I think from our,
0: uh, yes, 118 <laughs> minutes. It's so, okay. Just shy of two hours. Yeah,
2: but decent, decent length. Good the, the, movie.
0: the current plans are actually to do an actual review of the show with, a uh, Gerald from Any World Order. So we'll see how that goes. But in short, I enjoyed it a lot.
2: Yeah, it was, um... It was very Miyazaki like uh, in the best ways, although maybe a little bloodier than Miyazaki would have gotten, but not a lot. It depends on
0: the Miyazaki film I mean Prince mm-hmm. okay got pretty bloody yes
2: it, yes. It and I would did. say
0: about that level of blood and gore was present. It was definitely he definitely was trying to communicate a message and that speaks a lot for I think you know a director and a movie especially in anime nowadays where it's really trying to say something even if they're not quite sure what they're trying to say to the very end it is about a girl who um, has this crazy little radio where she's hearing things that perhaps people are not supposed to and that sort of gets her into trouble and eventually she goes into the world deep below and stuff happens and it's kind of crazy but really in the end it's about dealing with loss. Or at least that's what I came away with it.
1: Yes. Uh, from... I didn't watch the movie. But everybody I seemed to talk to... Went into it. Seemed to give it the same review. Which was... Wow, that was really good. I guess. It almost seemed like... They wanted to give it... At a, like a real scale of 1 to 10. They would give it a solid 8. And everybody... Had it not been Shinkai would have been like, wow, I really enjoyed that. But since it was Shinkai, they all expected ten, and when they got eight, they realized that they liked it, but there was just that what was it in a ten?
0: I think this is one of the first times he actually tried to sort of break off. I mean, it wasn't, you know, two people, like, lost through, you know, time or something like that, where, you know, it's, it's very lots of, lots of melodrama and, you know, lots of heartfelt talking. While panning over, you know...
2: it's fantasy action-adventure mixed in. Yeah, I
0: mean, it was actually much more active. Like, one of the key things he even mentioned was he wanted... He starts the main character off and ending with running. Because she's constantly chasing after something, whether she knows it or not. And so, this is a way more active movie than I've seen out of him before. At least in my opinion.
2: There's an adorable cat in the film. (laughs) And so... I don't know. I liked the cat. The cat was awesome.
0: <laughs> so I liked it a great deal. Now, like I said, there's been some past, you know, family trauma or issues in, you know, that happened has happened to me recently that sort of made me appreciate this movie more, at least with the timing. Like, I think this was the perfect movie for me to watch at this moment in time when I saw it. And so for me, I definitely want to give it a very solid eight Although, at the the time of me watching at the premiere, it felt like a 10. It only after I started really thinking about it afterwards would I say it's more of an 8.
1: I think that it, from all the reviews I heard, if Shinkai learns from what he did wrong, his next movie could easily be a 9 or a 10.
0: Oh yeah. Like, this man has got great things in store for him. Like, I can't wait to see what he does next. Because it's very rare for, I think, for anime today to have, you know, directors with such vision and such... They know what they want. It's just a matter of learning how to get it.
2: Yeah, he's actually trying to tell a story. He's trying to do it in an artistic fashion.
0: And I'm totally supportive of that efforts. And I, so I enjoyed it. Like, I absolutely enjoyed it. And God, is the movie gorgeous. It is. Just every scene, like... I think part of the reason why everyone thought it was so, you know, so Miyazaki-esque was... The landscapes, yeah. The landscapes were very very Ghibli, but the movie's pretty. Like, I haven't seen a, a movie so just pretty since I last saw a Ghibli film.
1: And as I understand... He knows how to do action scenes. Yes. So it's not like he can only do drama. He knows how to script an action scene a, that's well done and can be exciting. There's
2: some very solid good action scenes in the film. By no means the heart of the film or even the majority of the film. But they were in there and they were good.
1: And we're going to stop talking about this because you guys want to yeah, well, yeah, we, we, we did other things. things. You, want, you, want it, you want to talk about it. We, we really
2: like this. We had uh, the American premiere of this film, and it, we really liked it a lot. We'll probably talk about it more at a later date. And, you
0: know, I wanted to stay for more of the Q&A, but the fact is I really had to use the restroom. Which is notable because I'm pretty positive I passed no, um, Ishiguro on his way out of the restroom when I walked in.
2: Yeah, we even Ishiguro could not toy us from having to pee. <laughs>
0: so that was, you know, pretty, pretty important. So what have you done in between this and what the next topic that I'm about to I talk went, about?
1: And I went to the Madhouse panel. Well, actually, it wasn't the Madhouse panel. It was the Masao Murayama panel because while he's still working with the Madhouse, he has recently broken off and made his own production company. Separate from Madhouse.
0: Which is for the saddest reason ever.
1: And apparently the bad news that I learned was that the dream machine, the last movie of Satoshi Khan that he only was partially finished with before he passed away, um, is on an in- indefinite hiatus because they just can't get funding for it. And since he, you know, moriyama like vowed on his deathbed to finish... Khan's movie, he basically made his own production company so he could go and raise the money to make sure that he fulfilled that promise.
0: Well, this is very important. I was very sad because you remember our previous podcast we were pretty hopeful for this. And then the very next day our souls were crushed. <laughs> but we there is hope. It'll and, be made.
2: One day. It'll be made. And he set,
0: and he'd also planted seeds of still more awesomeness to come.
1: And yeah, so and he did mention, uh, I won't go through the whole thing, but he did hint that we might see Akagi Season 2.
0: Which the world needs more, please tell me I got this right, gambling anime.
1: Yes, it's Mahjong.
0: Oh, yes, oh, Mahjong. Like, yeah, I haven't had a chance to see Season was like, 1 yet. Was
2: this, like, this like hardcore Mahjong to the death Mahjong. I lying. mean,
1: it is the one where in the last chapter that they were animating, he didn't bet money. He was betting blood and whoever won, basically every time you won, you would get um, blood pumped back into you. And every time you lost, you would get blood pumped out of you. But Akagi is such a badass that every time he lost, he'd throw his cigarette butts in his blood so they couldn't put it back in. He either won or he died. (laughs) So I think everybody in <laughs> their mom wants to see more Akagi anime. And he hinted that there's a strong possibility that there will be more. So everybody in the audience, you could feel like this palpable. Yes!
0: So you could say that you could bet on it. Yes! <laughs> like you bet your blood. <laughs> you Anyways, bet your life on it. <laughs> so was well, there any other interesting tidbits that you got?
1: Oh, last year, uh, he had mentioned that they were working with China and Urasawa, who did Monster and 20th Century Boys, I'm sure he's been mentioned on the podcast before. Oh, yeah. We? He did this movie with them called Tibetan Dog. And it seemed like, you know, really interesting. All the still shots were, were great. Apparently it's come out in China, and he did not know when it was coming out in Japan, let alone the United States. So, it's this movie that kind of fell off everybody's radar. And then just popped up in Chinese theaters and nobody's heard of it yet. That's
2: weird.
0: <laughs> well, then, there you go. I mean, I, I will always take more Urasawa. And, and more Madhouse, because Madhouse, except for the Marvel stuff, usually is pretty on the mark and making awesome stuff. Has Did anyone actually possibly ask about the Marvel stuff and why it's not really as up to snuff as other Madhouse properties?
1: I asked him which ones, like how I asked him which ones were popular and which ones were most popular in Japan and did they try to make it to a Japanese taste or to an international taste and he seemed he's usually pretty honest and open this was about the only thing he was kind of guarded on so I wonder if he was kind of holding back because it wasn't entirely his property.
0: Right, because it's also Marvel, so you can't just say what you want to say, because if you say the wrong things, that you get in trouble with you know, a much bigger... Well, I guess you get in trouble with Disney now. Mm-hmm. That, so, that's, that's pretty ooh, big. You that is, not,
2: yeah, you do not want to fuck with the mouse.
1: Because he basically said, well, since I worked on them, I, you know, I worked partially on all of them, all of them are my favorite, and all of them are my least favorite. <laughs> ooh. <laughs> That's, that's That's never
0: good to hear so
1: he said the biggest problem with you know the taste and adapting it is that humor is very different, and so a lot of times what makes Japanese audience laugh and what makes an American audience laugh is very different, and a lot of times they have to split the difference
2: hmm.
0: I I could see that. I I could totally see that, because Japan's humor tends to be so pun-heavy, whereas American humor is not nearly as good
2: in comparison, because it needs more puns. (laughs) I think, yeah, I'm probably just too used to Japanese humor at this point that I think it's normal, and it really isn't. Um. Now, my next panel that I went to was a detective
0: anime. So before we get into Alan's panel, and Kate's, cannot forget Kate. Mm -hmm. Um, was there anything anything else that either of y'all did
1: oh I went to the uh, just I went to the Ishiguro panel and that was really cool because he spent the first half of the panel just telling stories (laughs) oh nice Uh, his first stories were apparently when all the you know old school guard today were young pups you know learning under Tezuka oh man when they all got in all their inspiration was Sleeping Beauty and Walt Disney. So they studied Walt Disney because like he if if Tezuka was the god of manga, then Walt Disney was the god who made God. So they all had to study from like the source. And he told all these stories about Walt Disney and Sleeping Beauty because like all of them like knew that by heart.
2: Pretty much my favorite yeah. I animated mean, Disney film.
0: Just to be honest, like <laughs> it's up there, and man, like if anyone listened to our eighty boy podcast, you know last year, yeah, Ishiguro was is one of the highlights of our con. Like it was, we, the man knows his stuff, and he's very cognizant about it, and so you still get to hear all these great things out of him.
1: So you think, all right, he's going classy. He's talking about the roots, and he's talking about you know how they all admire Tezuka and they all admire Disney. So what does he go into next? Hey, kids, let's learn about Cream Lemon. Oh, yes. <laughs> Excellent. So he basically just went through the history of how Cream Lemon was made. Now let's
2: segue into porn.
1: <laughs> which, it's, for anyone who doesn't know, Cream Lemon was one of the first successful hentai OAVs And basically popularized hentai. Basically ladies. an
2: anthology series, usually unrelated stories and pretty tame by today's standards. But
1: it was porn. <laughs> but it was also very Yuri schoolgirl centric. Yeah. And it started a lot of the like hardcore con movement. Yeah, and a lot of the
2: people well, but a lot of the people who worked on it are big names. Like you've got a voice they that's before they realized you there was no real division between staff and voice actors who worked on the porn anime and who worked on every other anime at this time really so you would get norio wakamoto in there doing voices of like a futuristic bandit who just happens to be having sex with women uh you i think hideki ano directed something you had uh toshiro hirano doing character
1: designs <laughs> and since mo- and my favorite part is since most of them were nerds most of them were virgins So to accurately, you know, animate this the most proper way, they had to throw themselves all on the grenade and watch lots of porn. (laughs)
0: I'm sure that was terrible for them. Just absolutely terrible.
1: They found a way to trooper on, you know, for art. I I'd say
2: the cream lemon series has a lot more class than most hentai you're gonna watch now. <laughs> Maybe not. That's not saying a lot, but you know I have a lot of respect for that series. <laughs> well, it
0: also indirectly gave us Project Echo, so I really yes. cannot complain about it too much ever. Yeah. If at all.
1: Oh, and just so Daryl Surratt will listen to this, uh, he also mentioned the niche. Oh snap! And apparently. The original Yamato, like the original plan, was supposed to be that, like, science saved the day. And it was all about, you know, hard sci-fi, you know, winning the day. And then the niche was like, you know what, kids? That ain't good enough. All the people, they want the triumph of love and courage. So we got to have love and courage win the day. And so the niche just loved that entirely. And he said... Every one of his works after that relied on love and courage saving the day. And the most ironic part, the Nish had like none of that in his heart. He was like the exact antithesis of that. He always found that the most ironic thing.
0: Man. Any other choice tidbits?
1: Um, I mean, you know, I, I found out why Golden Wings was made... Uh, the
2: Legend of Galactic Heroes uh, OAV that no one likes to admit to.
1: Apparently, it was made to cater to the manga reading audience. And essentially, they made this work and they're like, you know what? We're not reaching out to the manga fans enough, so we're going to give them whole new character designs more in line with the manga and mm-hmm. say you that the manga fans are going to like, and nobody liked it. And so they abandoned it, never to speak of it again.
2: (laughs) Perhaps for the best. Uh, It's a very iconic anime series, although it's not made it to the U.S. officially. Uh, Probably never will, but very iconic series for Japan.
1: But yeah, he's one of those guys, once again, that you might not realize that you like, but if you ever see him at a panel or a con again, go and see him because he's just a storyteller.
0: It's one of those things where it's it's a sad truth that most anime con goers honestly go for like the voice actors and the bands. And it's a real shame that whenever a con like Otakon, AX, AWA, what have you, when they get the actual Japanese creators that actually make the stuff that you really like to watch. Yeah,
2: you know, is your Shinji is, you know. That's... You know,
0: it's many times they're some of the least occupied panels. And that's a shame. And if that's what you do and you don't go to these things, I implore you to go there. Because you just hear some of the greatest things and you get to hear from the guys who actually created this stuff. Yes, they're the
2: one, they, they know how this works. They've been in it a while. They know all the stories. It's, you know, they, they remember how it used to be done. They know how it's done now. It's, and the contrast is fascinating.
0: You don't need to hear someone say Pasta. You've got the DVDs. You can stream it. Just watch it again, and go see the creators. Anywho, now that I'm off my soapbox.
2: Yeah, I just went to the dealer's room during this point, so that no real story beyond. I was in the dealer's room. There was stuff in there. It's huge. We talked about that on Friday. But uh, <laughs>
0: but speaking of stories, detective stories. I went to this like no name panel.
1: It wasn't very good. I heard it, the person who run. His- Run, run, was running it was drunk
0: and so I watched Alan drunk off his ass um shooting blow and <laughs> hookers but the hookers he was shooting with guns he was like I don't need this bam right in the forehead wait that's a later panel so anyways um Alan and Kate did their whole reverse thieves thing and talked about detective anime for an hour and it was pretty uh, pretty neat to listen to is more or less a detective primer.
1: Um I I kind of wish that we almost had more time because I really like to go into like Knox rules and because mm-hmm. I think that Knox is, was this old mystery writer who wrote up rules for how to write a proper or at least fair detective novel and I think if you know those rules it helps you determine what's a good well, what's a well-written detective novel? What's not a well-written detective novel? And, once again, those rules are sometimes made to be broken, and even the best, like Agatha Christie and, you know, Sir Arthur Doyle... Doyle? Doyle, Doyle Conan Doyle. Conan Doyle break the rules. I mean, they're not set in stone, but they're a good framework.
0: I, I would actually really like a, a panel like that. Especially if you do one that actually shows uh, an anime that does it correctly, an anime that does a rule incorrectly, and then an anime that breaks the rule in a good fashion. Like, I think that would, like, to actually sort of delve a little bit into the more nitty-gritty of what makes a detective story work would be really awesome to pay, t- you know, to go to.
1: Like, one of the ones that we did bring up that I find really interesting is Higurashi bends all the rules to the point but never breaks them. It always, since it's a supernatural anime, there's so many ways that they can break the rules. But they go right up to the point, but never break them. Because uh, the author of all the original visual novels like reads a ton of detective anime, um, books. So he just knows how to structure things to just... Go right to the edge
0: Yeah you know, that, that was one of the things I, I saw on the panel that I made me really think because I didn't, never thought of Higarashi as a detective type thing. like I, I know it was a sort of a suspenseful you know paranormal mystery, but I never really thought about it as a fact that in a sense, while well, in the characters, but even you yourself are sort of you know the detective as they constantly slowly peel away the layers of what's actually going on in the series.
1: Well, it's interesting. If you play the original sound novels, if you go to like the bonus gag sections, all the characters discuss the mysteries going on. And if you pay attention, you'll notice they're giving you hints of where to look in the story you've just read and what are the important parts of the story to determine the actual mystery.
2: That's a series I've meant to crack open more even the games uh, as opposed to the anime even but I just have not found the time yet.
1: And one other clue is you will notice that Shion I'm sorry, Mion is never the main character for a reason. Because she is a suspect and the the, the, the killer can never be the detective. So if Mion was the detective and the killer you could um if she was detective she couldn't be the killer so they never make her the detective so she can always be a suspect till the end and it's like stuff like that that really shows where it is but um yeah we're kind of thinking of one day doing an advanced course of it Mm -hmm. kind of like you know selling certain cons the primer Beginning one and then selling other cons or cons where we've run the primer one, the advanced right. one.
0: Yeah, I, I could see that. Like, you know, you may do like a Nox Rocks, <laughs> then, you know, colon something detective anime. But, you know, that I think that'd be really cool and really interesting. And, and I think you could even possibly, you know, even phrase it even though it's a more advanced course, I'm sure that you probably, you know, write it out such that it's even someone who's somewhat new to it can probably still hop in on it yeah all right with that we're going to take a small break and we'll come back with even more from Otacon 2011 Saturday so you guys are here at Otacon how does it feel
3: feels pretty good yeah it's, it's, a, it's a lot of fun it's gotten bigger over the years though it's it's really crowded and it's tough to get in the panels and stuff
0: all right so can I get some names please
3: uh, Sam and I'm Steve.
0: So, how many years have you been going to Otakon?
3: Uh, this is actually my second year. I went uh, for the first time in 2008. Uh, but yeah, this is my second time.
4: This is actually my first time.
3: First time? How are you liking it?
4: It's pretty good. I got really exhausted the first day, and I was like, I'm not going to be able to do a second day. And then I woke up this morning and I'm like, all right, let's go a second day.
0: All right, so is this your first con, period, or is this your first Otakon?
4: No, it's my first Otakon, but it's my first uh, out of state con, I guess.
0: First, I was like, oh, what, what cons do you normally go to?
4: Uh, I usually go to, like, Wizard World in Pennsylvania.
0: Okay, okay. So it, is it Otakon's your one staple? Do you go to other cons, too, or what do uh, you do?
4: Actually,
3: Otakon is the only con that I, I typically go to. Um, I'm, I'm usually pretty busy, but I, I usually make time for Otakon because it's my, it's my favorite. All
0: right, so um, what do you like about Otakon?
4: Uh, I guess there's just a lot more stuff here than in any other convention that I've gone to. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I like the,
3: the variety of, of different animes. They have both new stuff for the newer generation to enjoy, as well as some of the old for the older generation to enjoy. Since I'm, I'm 26 years old, so I know a lot of the older stuff. And I'm trying to keep up with the new stuff, but I'm pretty busy, as I said. So it's, it's hard to keep up with the newer.
0: So what's been your favorite event so far going to?
4: Hmm. I don't know. Maybe, I think the Moe Moe What panel. Was so far my favorite.
0: Um, what? Why?
4: I don't know. There's some interesting discussion going on.
0: Well, what, what kind of discussion was there? Like, I'm curious.
4: Um. Well, we had we had a bunch of guys discuss it, and then we had like this woman who was like a feminist started discussing it, and she seemed kind of angry. It was weird. And then another woman started talking, and they kind of got into an argument. It was odd, but it was kind of interesting to hear different people. And, so you know, stuff.
0: So what's been your favorite event so far?
4: Uh,
3: well, maybe not exactly an event, but I do like the dealer's room the most. It's it's really large, and there's a wide variety of items that I could typically get over the internet, but I like to actually see what I'm buying, you know, and uh, it's hard to find that sort of merchandise locally. Did you get any good swag? Uh, yeah, I got a couple of things. I'm a figure collector, so I like to buy uh, the figures, so that's been mostly what I've been getting.
0: What's been your favorite figure that you've bought at the convention uh, so far?
3: Um, well... Uh, actually, I got uh, this little, uh, it was uh, a random box. You know, you get, uh, the, they give you like a list of guys that you could get. And uh, I actually got a Mega Man box and uh, I got Cut Man. So that was pretty cool. I like Cut Man.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, I hope you all continue to have an awesome, awesome convention. All
3: right. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you very much. So, right. how are you
0: all enjoying Otacon so far?
5: It's fantastic. Having a great time.
6: It's awesome.
5: It's always a pleasure.
0: So, can I get some names? I'm Brian.
7: Eric.
1: Lauren.
0: Chris J. Alright, so what's been your favorite thing so far at the con?
3: Uh, the rave.
7: Um, I really like going to the video game room
3: and
5: meeting people.
0: Alright, this sounds actually interesting. Um, no, no, I kid. What'd you like about the rave?
5: I don't know, it's just crazy. Everybody lets themselves go. It's a different vibe than what you see right now, walking around, everybody's acting normal. It's a lot crazier.
0: So what was the kind of music ratio? Was it all just pure oons oons or was it actually anime songs incorporated? Uh, or what, what, what do they do?
5: Good mix. Uh, you hear a lot of 8 bit sounds, like Mega Man sounds here and there, depending on the artist playing. Uh, I don't know, a lot of drum and bass really.
0: Any, any bands or any songs particularly stand out to you?
5: I didn't catch any names or anything, so not really.
0: Alright, so what'd you like with the Video Game Room so far this year?
7: Um, they had a good selection. They had the uh, King of the Fighters. Uh... Demo there, it was interesting to see, and uh, I had a good uh, group of people there this year.
0: Excellent. So what have you enjoyed so far about the con?
5: Um, I'm a big video game buff, so I spent a lot of time in there and trying to get my game up and try to get in the tournaments when I can. And I also like to watch all the people around in their costumes. I think they're very awesome.
0: So how have you done so far at the uh, at the video game tournamenting?
5: Well, I was a little, I was a couple men short for the tournament for Smash Brothers, but I like to watch them. But I got into the Tekken tournament and got, I did, I did my best. But there's a lot of good players out there, so.
0: Well, oh, it's sure—it's one of the largest anime cons around. So, absolutely. So, what's been your favorite thing so far at the con?
6: All the full-body costumes, like the furry ones and the Full Metal Alchemist and the Pokemon—they are just really, really, really fun. Anything
0: you're looking forward to later on in the convention?
6: Later on, uh, well, I need to go to the rave tonight because I didn't go yesterday.
0: Oh, there you, there. There you go. There you go. So, guys, uh, anything that you're looking forward to coming up later on today?
5: The second rave. <laughs> Uh, we're going to be seeing the full Metal Alchemist movie.
0: Are right, you getting in line early? you Are just going to take your chances or what?
7: Probably going to have to get in line early. <laughs> yeah.
0: I hope you all continue on to have a wonderful convention. Thank you. Hey, so I'm here with one of the staff members. Can I get your name?
7: My name is James.
0: James, so what do you do here? I work in Spec Ops. We're at Spec Ops. What does specOps entail?
7: Well, trying to solve problems.
0: What's the problem here?
7: Well, not really a problem so much as we've got a line that's filling up and we only have so much room left before we have to start snaking people. So we're here to help lines so that they don't fall over on themselves.
0: So you're saying you're the, the you're sort of the gatekeeper to this wonderful panel here and you determine who may, may enter and who may leave.
3: Spec Ops is for problem prevention and maintenance. Good way to do it.
0: So how has the convention been for y'all so far?
7: Um, it's actually been a little bit more sane than previous years. A little bit more sane, but not that much saner. Well, right now we've got a Trigun showing upstairs, so that was a little crazy.
0: So what you're saying is you you, you, you out and took the easy job. Uh, no. I mean, These are just some panelists, right? They're not important. They're, they're not like Trigun.
4: Well, it's not the panelists you have to worry about. It's the guests.
0: Oh man, which guests are you talking about?
5: Well, luckily, I don't remember the names.
0: Ah, uh, yes, yes, I see, I see. <laughs> but how, so have you been joining the con, working it, going to it, and whatnot? It's all right. It's all right, it's not amazing, come on, let's let's get some energy.
5: Well, I don't have my phone charger, my oh. phone doesn't have a phone, and the rave sucked.
0: The rave sucked, really? This is the first time I've heard of it. W- what about it sucked?
5: It wasn't a rave. Most of it was mediocre and sometimes shitty and sometimes just overplayed J pop.
7: I see. So, did you go to the wave? Uh, no, I don't really uh, like the idea of a whole bunch of people jumping around on a floor. Oh, okay, okay. So, what
0: did you do last night then? Um, spec ops? <laughs> Let's say, do a little bit of specking, do a little side of op-ing. You know, it's...
7: A bit, yeah. Spec here op there whatever
0: <laughs> are, are there any events you're looking forward to going to at the con or are you used to be specking and oping all all day all night
7: um yeah i'm looking forward to uh, the Trigon premiere which i think they're having another one at some sometime maybe i don't know they're still debating on whether or not we're going to be able to do that cuz there were a lot of congoers who wanted to go to that and then there's a full metal alchemist thing that's going to be going on at i think 5:30 tonight
0: it, it's it's going to be going to be crazy but thank you very much for talking to us
7: well thank you very much for coming on
0: So anyways, what is your name? Kate. Hi Kate, did you know that one of the people running this panel is named Kate?
6: Oh, I didn't know that.
0: Yes, it's true, but this is actually the Awesome Cast, the podcast for everything awesome, here to cover Otakon 2011. So how has the convention been for you?
6: It's been really fun. I've enjoyed it. I've seen a lot of costumes that have been really excellent, uh, well done, and a lot of the panels and stuff have been great this year.
0: So what have been some of the panels you've really enjoyed so far?
6: Uh, I went to the Peter Spiegel question and answer um, and the Hitalia UN Mock UN that was hilarious. It's really good.
0: So, uh, what detective things are you hoping they'll be talking about in this uh, panel?
6: I'm not sure. I've always really liked uh, detective anime, but it's not one of the genres that you can find really easily, or at least find a good one of. So, I'm hoping to get some more information and some suggestions. All
0: right. So, out of the detective shows you've watched so far, which has been your favorite? Spiral. Spiral, really, why? I,
6: I always liked the um, the logic that's used in it. It uses uh, some of the leaps that they make are a little bit of a stretch, but in the end it basically comes down to not so much looking at facts or, or figures, but more if this is possible, then this is possible, then this is possible. Right, right.
0: So um, what else are you looking forward to later on in the evening?
6: I'm looking forward to Masquerade.
0: Oh really, are you going to compete?
6: I'm not, but I always like watching it. Okay, well,
0: I hope you have a wonderful continuing convention. Thank you. So, how was the convention?
5: It was amazing, especially since it was my first time.
0: It was your first time, so what's your name? My name is Philip. If you guys want to walk in and talk on the microphone too, just come on in. What's your <laughs> yeah, name? My name
5: is Charles, this was actually my first time also.
0: Really? So, um, This is Sunday, so what about the convention did you like? What other convention do I like? Well, what, what about this convention that did you, did, you, did you like?
5: Oh, to be able to cosplay and dress up as someone I like. Honestly, everybody was friendly. We all took pictures of everybody. Everybody just had a great attitude about it. Everybody, You know, everything. Let's just put it this way. OtterCon is like a whole nother universe. This is an alternate universe where we can show our nerdy side and don't really care what people think. Can't do that in the real world. It's true. Now, uh, did you go to any
0: specific events while you were here, or did you just wander around, or what, what did you actually do?
5: Well, I did wander around. Uh, people asked me for my pictures. I went to a couple of the 18 plus videos and uh, hentais and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, I mainly walked around. I mainly went both to the dealer room and the uh, gaming center. I also participated in one of the tournaments at the gaming center, and also went to a little convention of uh, the My Little Pony fans.
0: Okay, so now My Little Pony is an anime, right?
5: Actually, no. It is an American cartoon, but it has such quality that it is basically it it could be it can be considered anime, due to the quality of it.
0: Uh, I, I see, even though it wasn't really made in Japan.
5: I don't think it was. No. Okay.
0: Um. So, what about the gaming? Uh, the gaming room? Did you like?
5: Uh, there were just tons of different um, TV setup. There are different, ga- there are tons of different games of different varieties, from puzzle games to action games to fighting games, all sorts of fun things.
0: Uh, what was your favorite game that was being that you played while you're here?
5: To be honest, I think my favorite was definitely Guilty Gear Accent Core Plus, mainly because I've been a long running fan of uh, Guilty Gear and Blaze Blue, much less two D fighting games in general. But that one was my basically my first, and I always had fun with that.
0: Did you get a chance to try uh, KOF thirteen?
5: No, but I was very tempted to. Unfortunately, by the time I thought about doing it, it was already gone. Ah, that
0: sucks. Well, any plans for Sunday or are you just getting ready to get going? Uh,
5: Well, I might just go back there, check out the dealer room again. Um, But other than that, not really. That's about it.
0: All right, well, I'm glad you had a great convention. If you go to another one, I hope that one's great as well.
5: Oh, well, thank you very much, sir. All right,
0: we're here at the Otacon Artist Alley where the coolest thing ever showed up out of nowhere at least for me and you are Joe Peacock and what with this is you can't see I took some pictures I'll put up on the uh, website but um it's the art of a cure exhibit where he's got tons of the actual cell work the 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 pencil sketches all sorts of thing what prompted you to start doing this
8: uh well about three years ago I've been collecting for twenty years and about three years ago I bought a collection from someone and it had an entire scene all in portfolios collected up really nicely and the background for that scene was way back in the back under a different portfolio was it didn't seem like it was connected Um, when I put everything together and put it in my archives you know I had all the scene collected I put it away and I put that one background in the miscellaneous file and about a year later I'm watching Akira and I just happen to look up and see and I saw the background way back in the distance and it was in between two buildings that had you know about a, an inch between them and as it panned you know the background scrolled in the background and uh when i finally clicked like what i was looking at it blew my mind it was an utterly unbelievable neo tokyo cityscape that you only see maybe about an inch and a half of in the entire film but when you look at the background itself it's one of the most beautiful paintings you've ever seen and i literally cried like i just sat there and cried i was like i missed this how did i not see this and then it dawned on me no one will ever know how beautiful that piece is unless i take it on the road and show them so i told my wife and she said okay well just don't spend too much money and uh started the exhibit put it together and uh made contact with Toon up in pittsburgh joe woes is a very good friend a very awesome guy and you know he helped me get this thing rolling and we debuted it there and we'll probably wrap it up there too so
0: so um how long have you been doing this tour
8: about a year and a half we started in may last year um, it was supposed to be April but I'm a little bit slow so yeah we've been touring um, we started with 2 we 've done a couple of anime cons we started we really brought it out at Dragon con and since then we've been doing cons all over uh, we'll be doing Otacon, and then I do let's see Dragon con and then anime weekend in Atlanta um, then I 'll do New York comic-con and then from there not really sure I know I'll be doing Emerald City next March so
0: now, have you thought about possibly doing this for any other series, or is it is, just is Akira just, I mean, it is awesome, but is it that just like, is this like your holy grail for doing this thing, or would you like to start try it with something else, or?
8: Um, I think in 2013 will be the 25th anniversary of the release, and uh, we'll be doing San Diego that year. We'll bring out about 400 pieces, stick them all out there, let people enjoy it, and I think after that, we'll probably retire Art of Akira at the end of 2013, and I'll move into uh, either Studio Ghibli or a like Golden Age of Anime exhibit where I take everything from the 90s that kind of made the West understand what anime is and stick it out there and let people check it out. So I haven't really decided yet. I don't look that far to the future.
0: <laughs> well, that's cool, but it's really awesome that you actually have, like do photography encouraged and stuff. Like, you know, it's really, most people would be, you know, these kind of collectors, I would assume it are sort of snobs like to keep it for themselves, but you really are re- encouraging people to check this out and, and, and to show it off.
8: Well, that's the point, right? I mean if you watch akira and you think it's phenomenal and you think it's beautiful and then you see the original art all in sections and it kind of makes your jaw drop the next time you see akira it's going to blow your mind and i'd rather people enjoy it see it share it i'm a big proponent of you know what the internet brings to the table in terms of media i don't understand or believe in calling sharing privacy or piracy i think it's really simple if you like something and you share it with someone that's the ultimate compliment for a piece of art um, I didn't create this art, so I don't really have much standing when it comes to, you know, should other people see it, but I own it. And I encourage people who can't make the con to be able to see this art, have their friends share it with them, go online to Art of Akira and download the high-res scans, you know. Um, that's the point. Art gets better the more people who look at it. And there's really no sense in hiding it away from people. I, d- I just never understood that.
0: Like, have you had a chance to talk to, like, the manga publishers about this? Have they noticed it or...?
8: Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. They've noticed it. In the very beginning, there was a little friction between Kadancha and I uh, because of the name of the Kira and you know the, like what it is. But once they realized this was not for profit, this is 100% self-funded, my own project. I just wanted to encourage people to check it out. And then they realized that they were actually seeing an uptick in sales for Blu-ray and you know DVD releases. They you know got real understanding. You know they didn't you know come after me again and told me knock it off or anything like that. Um, and I think so long as I stay you know, true to the, the theme here, um, they're not going to come after me or anything like that. As far as you know, what comes next, will there be a book or whatever, uh, I've tried. I've really worked hard. Um, I'm an author by trade. I actually write books. And when I pitch the book about you know, Akira, they're like, nah, no thanks. So I dare not risk it. You know?
0: So for those out there who could not uh, come to Otacon or AWA or the, some of these other cons, uh, where can they check some of this stuff out?
8: Artofakira.com. Um, and then the Facebook page, you know, Facebook slash Art of Akira. Uh, I post art regularly, I try my best to, you know, in between cons, I'll scan a few pieces and stick it up there. Uh, everything's in extremely high resolution, you can download it, make it your backdrop for your, you know, computer, you know, I have a, on my laptop right here, I, you're familiar with uh, skin. so this is the actual, the background that inspired the whole thing, that made this whole thing possible. I went and got it printed out and put on my laptop.
0: So oh, wow
8: yeah it's it's immaculate huh
0: (laughs) yeah yeah it looks really nice like I'll have to track down that that post on the on the website like oh my gosh
8: yeah there's a YouTube video I did uh, just showing the background versus where it is in the film and you can find that on Art of Akira as well and you can kind of see the comparison and and start to understand the magnitude of what you're missing when you don't get to see the whole background or the whole scene
0: well thank you very much it's a really awesome exhibit I'm glad that you're doing this I wish more anime fans would do stuff like this.
8: Uh, yeah, it's it's a big passion of mine, and I'm glad that people appreciate it. That's really the the big payoff here is when people show up or want to talk about it or you know give me an entire weekend of talking about something I love. You know, it's it's my favorite thing in the world. Well, again, once again, thank
0: you very much. Absolutely, On the yeah. last episode of Awesome Cast Z, we were talking about Otakon 2011. So I- vertical.
1: Oh, uh. I skipped out on that one. I was there
2: for most of it. I didn't get the Q&A. He didn't have any new titles to announce, apparently, since the last time he had been there. Uh, He had been to a con. But um, just ran through the lineup. Um, I'm very much interested in Princess Knight coming out. Yes. um, Yes. And I I still don't know what it's about, but a series called No Longer Human, just the covers looked neat it's apparently based on a best-selling book in Japan that's, like, everyone has read. So, uh... I, did, uh he,
1: did he mention what manga inspired? Hmm? It is... That manga is basically the whole heart and soul of Sayonara Zezebo-sensei. Ah,
2: really? No, no, he did not bring that up. And, of course, more volumes of Twin Spica, Cheese Sweet Home, <laughs> uh, Drops of God, That's about wine or maybe i might be in the title wrong
1: yeah, yeah you're right drops of god
2: that was uh that sounded interesting that's about apparently cl- about collecting rare wines touched by god or something uh <laughs> did he mention what that one
1: was like why they had to pick up that one
2: uh well other than what you mentioned it was really been really influential just to the wine industry and that Like, real news media has commented on this series. Uh,
1: And it's not just the Japanese wine industry, the international wine market is influenced by the titles they select in Drop of God. If they feature a wine in Drop of God, basically that wine becomes hard to buy all over the world. And
2: uh, they're bringing out GTO seriously, like, they're coming.
0: like they're bringing they're they're bringing the the prequels that was originally done by ADV, no, uh, Tokyo Pop. Pop, sorry, but they're picking up where Tokyo Pop left off. But they're also doing the sequel series to GTO, which I didn't realize they were doing a sequel series.
1: It is shown in fourteen days, and it's about the fourteen days in between the end of GTO and the epilogue.
0: Interesting now have only a common teacher out
2: as well yeah um, you hear me but add. i'm very impressed with the uh vertical lineup and just the both how they have some very old and serious like artistic manga and they're trying to branch out they got funny they've got light-hearted they're going to the gto maybe a little more shonen action and that but they always they all their books are really high quality to them right really, really high production quality
0: I would say it's pretty safe to say, I think Vertical might be my overall favorite manga publisher. I'm becoming very fond of them very rapidly. (sighs) Like, I like Viz, you know, I will forever be in debt of Dark Horse for doing Cursed Side of Corpse delivery service. But, man, Vertical is just... I think I could buy almost their entire catalog and be happy. And I don't know if I can say about any other publisher.
1: The only flaw... I would say with Vertical is they only pick up titles they love, but their greatest strength is they only pick up titles that they love and thereby they treat them with the love they deserve.
0: It's very, very true. After that, um, I and Kevin and I went to scope out the new Full Metal Alchemist movie, The Sacred Star of Milos. It was uh, a movie. It was totally a Full Metal Alchemist movie. Yes. It was you know it was a good, a good you know hour and a half two hours of full metal yeah. filler goodness. This
2: is a sharp contrast to the Makoto Shinkai movie, and this really just was meant to be mostly action, uh, as opposed not terribly cerebral. Although uh, I like I like the mechanical designs of the film. Uh, okay.
0: Yeah, it very much succeeds very well as like a popcorn action flick. Yes. Where you know you're going there, you know these characters, you already enjoy these characters. You just want to see them run around and do awesome stuff, and get a new little plot to yeah. go with on the side Is to sort that of chew on.
2: Vaguely in the middleish part of the new Brotherhood TV series, but you don't need to know that.
0: It, it's it's in that nice nebulous thing where they've you know where Ed and Al both know how to do the magical god hand clap, so they can both don't have to worry about you know transiting circles for alchemy. But it's right before they really kick into the final finale where there's no, you know, point of no return where you can't go back anymore. You to can't do pretend be-
2: anything happened important.
0: <laughs> right. And so it was, it's... I, I could see that they really wanted to to keep just doing more movies out of this nebulous time period. And I'd be okay with that. Like, once every couple of years, get a new FMA movie. You know, see Ed and Al do their Ed and Al thing. It'd be nice. And this... I keep forgetting that, you know, considering it's a series that deals with with human death and blood a lot, this is a bloody film.
2: (laughs) Especially as you get towards the end of the movie and we kind of hit the uh, climax of the film. Well, not even really the climax, but as we get into the last act of the film, it amps up the violence.
1: So, to be totally nerdy, would you say that it is a filler film that is below the Cowboy Bebop movie? But above the Nadia movie, Nadia's Secret of the Blue Order.
0: I would personally put it around the same level as the Cadillabia movie. I was mm. I was pretty happy with the yeah. Cadillabia movie, and I was pretty happy with this movie. Mind you, my bar that I'm basing this from is the original Metal Alakos movie, the Shambhala thing of...
1: Conqueror of Shambhala. Well, no, I know what the name was. I uh. was just
0: more referred to it as the,
2: that Shambhala thing. Ah. with uh, Nazi Maze Hughes and uh, Crazy-Eyed Hitler. Um, that, the, that you bring, that you can say Nazis and Hitler in a Full Metal Alchemist movie just feels wrong. And yeah, I know the plot twist of the first TV series. Uh,
0: and so this one, it felt very much like it was...
1: At least I, it was thematically consistent.
0: Yes. Well, it's one of those things where it's like the uh, Trigun movie. Where the Trigun movie is, again, one of those where it takes place sort of nebulously in the middle of the series. And it's before the plot hits the fans, so everything is more serious. It's more the, the goofy bash, and it stays very much on that tone. Uh, Full Metal's a bit better about its balance of serious and lightheartedness throughout the entire series. Like, it always stays pretty serious, but at times pretty lighthearted throughout. And so I think it's much easier to do a thematically, similar to the TV show or manga, story as a filler thing with that one and people are so excited for it because the characters I don't want to say they don't change but you know their cores are more or less the same they do grow as the series goes on but they don't grow so much that you can't throw a random movie in the middle of it
2: and people not
0: they get what they want
2: it was a decent action flick I would like to watch it again uh and we'll probably also do a
0: review of this one, but this time with Daryl, because that's who we watched it with. Because Daryl and I were waiting for a bit to make sure that we could actually get in, because this thing had a line. This oh, thing yeah. had a huge line. Now, this
2: had a really responsive audience. I mean, like, I know there's a lot of Full Metal Alchemist fans out there, but this had a really responsive audience.
0: Every time a character walked on the screen, there was just a huge... The entire room just burst out into applause. And all like, whoos and yays and, you know... and it was definitely like these, these people wanted their FMA but it was it was a, I don't say a chore getting in but it was definitely it was a line like the entire like lower lobby was just filled with people just waiting for that yeah. film so at it least, was
2: uh, I appreciated that uh, the Full Metal Alchemist movie uh, at least the way we saw it subtitled was like everything else in my life that I enjoy Vic Manana free <sighs> on that note so what were you doing around this time?
1: Oh, what was I doing? That is a good question. Oh, I was having my heart broken. <laughs> but I did eventually go on to go to the What Makes Gundam Great panel with a few of my online friends. Oh,
2: someone went to see that. Thank goodness. All the, all the robot stuff was really sandwiched right on top of each other.
0: But yeah, between the sunrise panel and the Gundam unicorn showing... And the uh, Mike tools underrated Mecca and what makes Gundam great so what does make Gundam great what, what, what did they decide
1: uh well apparently uh, was it Peru uh no said the fans that was his comment at the end Oh, episode.
0: One piece is friendship I knew it <laughs> oh, I was hoping for the chicken
2: <laughs> or, or or the turn egg carrying the cow that will be the one piece will be the turn Gundam. And then Luffy will fight it. Luffy will still probably win, and
0: that will make well, me sad. Luffy, well, Luffy will just want to eat the cow. But anyways, you were saying.
1: <laughs> oh, my secret theory is that the One Piece is hyper-technology. Fair but man. that is a long, complicated story, not for this podcast.
0: <laughs> okay, so what makes Gundam great? Let's, let's... Um,
1: Apparently, I think I've seen this guy at Anime Next, and he basically, it's supposed to be a primer to Gundam like he goes through all the series and the tropes of Gundam and like you know what is Gunpla and uh, you know what is alternate Universe what is UC but the problem is 95% of the audience is already Gundam fans see that's
0: what I was worried about I was worried if, is this going to be like one of the things where I was like so guys this is what Gundam is yeah we know
2: we I've run into that at Gundam panels. Is the people who come to the panels, for the most part, are Gundam fans, and they know all this stuff. They probably want to get a little more in depth. Um, and just I, a general rule.
1: I found that out myself running uh, a Type Moon panel, where I was like, "Oh, um, how many people in the room have played a Type Moon?" Game or watched a Type Moon anime, and no one didn't raise their hand. And I'm like, so unless I go to a super small con, I never have to run a Type Moon 101 panel. What one is Type Moon? Yeah. Because anyone uh, who goes to such a panel will have already played a bit of it. Yeah. yeah
0: it was kind of amazing when we ran our Gonagai panel at MTAC that they all knew what Gonagai was mostly. Some of them didn't actually. But all of them tend to only, tend only to see one show. That someone might have only seen Cutie Honey or yeah. only seen Madison I, I
2: was really happy with someone I kind of made friends with at that con. We kind of kind of turned her on to go to guy shows. and <laughs> <laughs> She was talking about Cutie Honey and Get a Robo like immediately after the show. It was, it was cool. <laughs> and so it's going to be
0: interesting to show that AWA
2: because it
0: is meant to be, I'm sure, a primer. And... We'll see how that goes. because AWA is the old school con, though. Yeah, so I feel that everyone's like, yeah, we know all this stuff. I'm like, well, that's cool. We're going to show the openings anyways. You're going to enjoy it. Oh, wait, the microphone can't see me stare in disdain.
1: But he is. Yeah. But I did get a lot out of the panel, but on an entirely mental level. Really? Because I got to see what the current snapshot of Gundam fandom thinks of Gundam. Because, basically, original Gundam and Zeta were universally loved. And G Gundam got a few like negative comments, but everybody who is into G Gundam was crazy into well, G Gundam. There's two well,
2: kinds of people, there's two kinds of opinions about G Gundam. The people who've never watched it and mocked it, and the people who watched it and loved it. <laughs>
0: Well, I can't really say much as G Gundam is actually my favorite
2: Gundam yes. series. And you know, I'm in the minority as I think Zeta's highly overrated.
1: Uh, but uh... you know, Kate is basically has the it was good, but it's nowhere as good as ever. All you people think it is. But I'm a
2: heathen. I like Double Zeta also. I actually think Double Zeta's better. Wait a minute.
1: <laughs> I have one question, and we might have to become blood brothers after this. What is your opinion of Ruka? Okay, we can remain merely friends. She's okay. <laughs> because I just, I love Luruka, but she is like, other than like Quest Pariah, one of the least popular female Gundam
4: characters. Just have
2: a tendency to just, okay. That show fortunately has Puru, who probably wears the crown of being most batshit insane in the Gundam series, but. Lou does some stupid shit in that show.
1: (laughs) Well, I think the problem with Lou Ruka is that she has tomino-female syndrome, which is, I'm a strong female character till my emotions make me act like a woman's. Yeah. (laughs) Because all women's are controlled by their emotions, right?
0: (laughs) But all woman's and all men's. Should have been at the dubs at time forgot panel by Mike Toole.
2: Yeah, that was uh, that was exciting. He, had a, he started off with a little Korochan the bear, which was like what they say it was 1959, I think. They actually predated anything he thought existed English dubbed. <laughs> they were like little educational films, like little like don't act like this bear who likes to play all day kind of films. You know, uh, it was that was weird. I think it was just dubbed in English. Well, like, narrated, because they're just the one narrator. But, uh, like, a bear family and these monkeys. And, yeah, they did things. I, that was just, that was wacky. That was old, 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 old.
0: But, man, Vicky the Viking. Vicky the Viking. Vicky the Viking.
2: We need to track down the live-action movie of that. I don't care if it's in German. That looked awesome.
0: <laughs> it did look awesome. And freaking. uh... Ramayana.
2: Yeah.
0: Based off an Indian myth. like And by India, I mean like the country India. Like yeah, an the, Indian the myth.
2: Ramayana. I mean, you know, look, wiki it. it, it it's epic. Uh.
0: And, and the anime was kind of epic, too. It was, you know, commissioned for India. It was actually designed to be spoken in English, but actors at India hired to do English. Yeah. So it's, it sounds...
2: I suspect Different. if there's any way to actually track this down, and now I want to know if there is. I suspect this would actually be very educational, if you're not already into uh, Hindu religion or mythology. Uh, but they also showed
0: uh, Get
2: Robo G, yeah, which was pretty awesome. Star Avengers in like the two states that showed it or something. Um,
0: <laughs> oh, and the uh, freaking Jungle Book. Yeah, they show a, a different, weird, like animated version of the Jungle Book. It's not the Disney's thing. It was another thing, and it was, it was very surreal. And it looked like he was hanging out with furries.
2: Yeah. Go home now. Go home now.
0: Then he actually was able to show an old a Harmony Gold pilot of Doctor Slump.
2: Yeah, where all Japanese text was uh, brutally edited out. <laughs> And man, the, the the
0: but the the crown jewel, what almost made this convention for me, besides all the other awesome stuff, was he he pulled then pulled out the ADV dub
2: of Gurren Lagann, which has Brett Weaver as Kamina. That was a thing of glorious beauty. <laughs> I'm not sure about the other voice actors, but I really wish we had Brett Weaver as Kamina in the official version. Like,
0: I let's. Dial the clock back about 10 to 11 years. That's about how long our anime club has gone on. And back in that day, Brett Weaver was hot shit. Like, Brett Weaver, Tiffany Grant, they were like the Vic Mananas of their time. I am not joking. We had one guy that would come to our anime club, and every time he was there, he would not shut up about how awesome Brett was and how Brett Weaver's my hero. Like, every time. And Brett Weaver's a really cool dude, don't get me wrong. Like you Yeah, know, if
2: you ever had run into him at a con back in the day, he, he was cool. He you is, could hang out with him.
0: Like, he is one of the nicest, awesomest people you'll ever meet in your life. Like, he is a cool dude. And it's a real shame that he doesn't get more... He's not the one of the in-actors, I guess. He doesn't get the work, like... cause I bet he would still be willing to do stuff if he could just get the gigs for it. But and this was like one of his last roles that people have seen him in or going to see him in was Kamina from Gunn Logan, and he did a really good job. Like he he nailed that character really well, and I think Kamina works really well as a Texan.
2: Yeah, well, he nailed it very much in the style of the Japanese actor. Whereas yeah. the the official the one we got dubbed he, he he's not quite the same as the Japanese Kamina.
0: Well, I think that Brett Weaver understands the mecha pilot. Yeah, how to be allowed. Like the the burning youth, a guy, you know, massacre, ghetto, whatever, yes. you know, whether, robot.
2: Whether it's of ironically or in absolute seriousness, it, it, it he he works for that.
0: Like, it's a role that Dum Rama would not regret.
2: No. No, he would not. And it's funny that guy had to kind of go away before I actually learned to appreciate Brett Weaver. <laughs> it's true. It's 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 one of those
0: things where it's like I'm not. I'm usually one of those like Meh, I prefer the Japanese
2: voices. Definitely. Yes. Definitely. We're snobby. We like our Japanese with subtitles or raw.
0: Well, some of us aren't crazy, but yeah, but yeah. Brett Weaver is one of those voice actors I would actually skip to the dub track and
2: listen to. You for check a bit. it out. You at least give it a shot, see what the dub was like. Although with the age of dual audio on your DVD or Blu-ray, I have to admit I've checked out a lot more dubs than I would have otherwise.
0: But I know that was ten years ago. That Mark says is ancient, so we will move on.
1: on. But I just wanted to mention that I've been or seen videos of dub of time forgot, and none of those things that they mentioned were on any of the things I've seen. So it's always interesting yeah. to go. Because I think he had
2: mentioned he had a bunch of new stuff. Well,
0: I, I, my, I think one of the things that my Tool does, is he goes out and hunts for this stuff. Like, he's always trying to find new material. So did
2: anyone do any other panels? No, I pretty much... Uh, we went. I went pretty much straight over to anime's craziest deaths.
1: <laughs> I saw a cyborg, cybernetics, and metal men. Uh, I missed the, like the first introduction of it. But uh, it was this lady, and she seemed to be an academic, and she uh, was talking about uh, you know the role of you know m- man and machine melding in anime and manga, and unfortunately for her, she was a solo panelist, which is you know not a crime in any way whatsoever, but her PowerPoint was not playing on the projectors,
5: so, Ooh. She,
1: but. To her credit, she was really doing a good job despite only being one person and basically having all her videos and basically screenshots totally murdered.
2: Uh, well speaking of murder
1: <laughs> well yeah that's, that's a good segue to, uh, <laughs> that's the best segue to, uh, to
0: Daryl's um, mm. anime's craziest deaths and boy, does if anyone knows how to do a panel about people dying? It's Daryl Surratt. I mean, God, he opened with Fist of the North Star. <laughs> and uh, you've probably heard us talk about this panel before, because this is one of the... For A-D-Way, it's like a staple. Like, he does it every year. And so, I've gone every year. And, you know, he's to himself, he's even admitted that, you know, many times it's usually the same a lot of the same clips. Like, he's got other clips to show, and he does do a rotation, but by and large, yeah. it's usually the same series. He just takes different now, deaths from each series. Yeah. Now,
2: this was uh, this was an 18-plus panel, marked as such. He did use that an excuse to show, show some of his stuff he normally doesn't bring out.
0: Like, we actually got some Violence Jack this yeah, time. Yeah, we got an
2: actual Violence Jack. Lives up to its
0: name. Say no more. There, uh, there, there is nothing more violent in Gona Guy's repertoire, at least animated, that could compete with Violence Jack. Like even like the, the choice scenes from Black Lion cannot compete with Violence Jack. and just a pure gore and yes. just crazy a, effed up mess. Most
2: violent scenes in Black Lion are average for Violence Jack. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a show. It's totally a show.
0: <laughs> it, it was really kind of sad when you realized that all these older shows that he was yes. te- primarily taking these clips from, he kept asking, so who's seen this? Or who hasn't seen who this? Who hasn't
2: seen this? And people were shooting up their hands. I mean, okay, Bao was kind of obscure, although awesome. Uh, well, but, he does uh, break Dark Thunder. He does. He does. I mean, okay, and the manga was written by the guy who did JoJo's Bizarre Adventures. But once again, JoJo's Bizarre Adventures got a bunch of, uh, i never seen that.
0: It was kind of like watching the audience doing the wave. Yes. Like, every time I was like, hey, so who has not seen this? Oh, well, we've got to show another clip.
2: I mean, at least okay. Akira didn't get so many hands up. on never saw it, but uh, I thought they, re, I thought they like handed that out to you, and you became an anime fan. I, I guess not anymore. But
0: hey, some of us didn't actually get a chance to see it until last year.
1: <laughs> I found it amusing that he didn't even bother asking if people hadn't seen it before when you got to Zambot 3. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. Well, that's excusable. I mean, there's a fan sub floating around, but yeah, most people have not seen Zambot 3. And it did
0: remind me that one, one day we are going to do our Mad Bull podcast. One day. We're going to be, <laughs> be one of those. Because like, I remember promising somebody like 80, like, three years ago oh, yeah. that we're going to do a Mad Bull podcast, and we never have.
2: Yeah, nobody's seen Mad Bull. Nobody's seen Angel Cop. It was, you know, these are like these were staples of my early anime
1: years. And you know he was holding back on Mad Bull because he yeah. didn't even have the jockstrap of grenades. Yeah, that's
0: right. Well, as, as Kevin once coined it, you have know, Mad Bull, you know, sleepy, he's got a heart of gold and a crotch
2: full of grenades. <laughs> yes, he does. That is an a- Mad Bull's an anime that's just so very, very wrong that it surpasses wrong and becomes right. So,
0: so very right. <laughs> But so far, this has been a really, really fun convention. I, I've had a blast yeah. coming here. my
2: first trip to Otacon. Um, I, I admit I had a hard time figuring out where anything was the first day. A little better navigating today. Oh, yeah. Like,
0: that was, you know, one thing is we didn't really get into the previous podcast. But for Kevin and I, this is my first Oticon in, like, seven or eight years. And this is Kevin's first Oticon ever. And the first day, there was a lot of newbie, like, okay, where do I go? I have no clue. Where am I? A lot. Because this is a sprawling convention center.
2: Yeah, we've got uh, the convention center. There's like four floors of stuff. And And it stretches stretches across into a hotel. Parts of the floor
0: are in different parts. Like, you you might have a floor two, but the floor two is actually in separate chunks. And you actually can't get to parts of floor two from the other parts of floor two. And so it's it's kind of labyrinth in its design, and once you, but once you learn the basics and where general where the stuff is, it's easy enough to get to, and the flow is constantly moving, so you don't have to worry about you know waiting too long for someone to move to That's, get to where you want to go, but the trick is learning how to get there.
2: This is certainly the most people I've ever seen at a con in one place. I mean, I, I expected there would be more than I'd seen before anywhere else because it's Otakon, it's the big leagues, um, but it's you know. There's a lot of people here. Yep.
1: And I don't want to make these guys seem out to be noobs because I've been here for like six years already when it was just the BCC, not the BCC, and the Hilton, which was made specifically so they could have more panel rooms and more hotel rooms. And I still got lost when it was just the BBC. So then you add on the BCC and the hotel, and yeah, I mean, anybody who's new is going to take a little time To acclimate, we had to go over
2: to the Sheraton to get our press badges.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that was interesting where all the press was in the Sheraton, which is like a couple of blocks away. And which I think that was sort of thrown on them out of nowhere. They they,
2: they lost the space for some reason. Now, admittedly, they sent an email telling us this before we ever got here. We knew that's where we had to go. But, uh.
0: Anyway, and they made it work. Like, I'm not. This is no way a complaint at all. Oda Khan were absolutely aces as far as the press department goes. They did a great job, and most of the staff did a pretty good job. Like I, I really have no complaints about the staff, like at all. Like even the staffs who had to be like, like lies, look, this we have to fill up this room. Please get to the end. You know they were still nice. They were cordial. They were they were not jerks. They were it was ran really well.
1: Yeah, and I think I haven't had any real problems. Everything that I've wanted to get into, I've been able to get into, unless, what do you call it, I didn't plan properly, and so uh, it's been a good time.
0: Even stuff I didn't plan properly, for example, after the Full Metal Alchemist premiere, I checked my phone and realized it was dead. It ran out of power while I was watching the film. So I came up to my room to recharge it a little bit, and then realized that, oh... In 15 minutes is Michael Toole's panel about dubs at time forgot. So I had to run, rush back down, go grab a sandwich from Jimmy John's. Still delicious, by the way. And I still, though, got into the panel 10 minutes late. And they still let me
2: in, so... Yes, admittedly, we have press badges and that gives us magic powers, but... Still, tell them about that. They'll <laughs> all get podcasts. Yes, that would be horrible. Well, it would be horrible, um, but... Not because necessarily people don't have things to say, just, you know, if everyone was podcasters.
0: My Zoom only has so much room, guys. Yes. 64 gigs can only hold so many episodes of Anime 3000 stuff. I'm just saying. The man keeps adding a new one, like, every week. So any other uh, final thoughts before we uh, move on?
1: I am really tired after today. <laughs> I just... I was happy that even though the Japanese guests were up against some really epic things, they still got a decent crowd and people always asking questions because at New York, at the local con we have around in New York, um, there is a New Jersey con called Anime Next and they're, like, a really good mid-sized con that's a, that gets Japanese guests, even though they're only a mid con. Oh, wow. But the problem is, a lot of times, they will be in a room of, like, 20 people. And yeah. they basically have to almost, like, beg for questions from anybody who is isn't like a podcaster or press and I was glad that that never happened basically all the Q&As ended with people still wanting to ask questions. Yeah,
0: that that's true like uh, the fans were good this year. I mean even like you know there's the Shinkai the line was kept kept going. You know, the FMA definitely it ended before everyone can ask all their questions. Yeah, there were
2: a couple people left there were yeah, there were several people left actually who wanted questions, but they were like, "Nope, no more questions." I was
0: kind of weird. It was kind of weird that they said, "Okay, two more questions," and then no, no line moved. They all stuck. They all stuck around. Just in case. Just in case. But but yeah, Otakon. It was a really good time. Really fun time. Really enjoyed. Would come back again. And I think that's about that as. Well as a recommendation one can get to a con when you go, man, I want to come back. So, yeah.
2: Even facing a 12-hour drive, we want to come back.
0: <laughs> it's true. It's just going to be a matter of, well, for us, it'll be a pure matter of finances. But
2: Yes, this has been, this is not as easy as going to your local con or even just a state or two away. This, for us, this was a long trip. This was a trek. Took some planning, took resources. A, a road trip, not a star trek, but...
1: So, if anything, we hope that everybody who listens, we can see them again next year.
0: That's right. And so, thanks to everyone we got to meet. um, All the podcasters, all the media, all the industry, everyone. And thank you for, Alan, for coming on to our particular episode.
1: Uh, Well, thank you for coming on to our show.
0: Like, even though we actually pulled you out of bed just for this. And now it's almost 3.30. So, with that, thank you. And good night.